welcome to the Sportsbet Euros podcast, uh, the newly coined Euros podcast. With England easing past the sluggish Sweden, Association football, for now, remains en route to the place where its glorious birth took place. Or in other words, uh, football's coming home. Martinez's Belgium triumphed over an impotent Brazil side in what will surely be remembered as Belgium's biggest win since their victory in the battle of... No, I'm just joking. Belgium have never won a battle. Uh, France meandered past a ponderous Uruguay, Sean of Edison Cavani, while Russia's run finally ended against Croatia as they found out the only itch they couldn't scratch was a penalty shootout. Joining me today to dissect the two semi-finals, it's Blackburn and Socceroos legend, sports Brett Emerton and sports bet football trader Kieran McCollum. Still not nailing no, that. It's, it's still absolutely brutal. Like, how, how's it going, Ali? <laughs> You're not too bad, mate. How are you? <laughs> yeah, really good. I've got some great news for you guys. Um, with this yellow card resetting at the semi-finals, you don't need to hold back today. Only a straight red will see you dropped for the uh, final podcast. So uh, feel free to go hard. Um, right, we'll start with uh, France's victory over Uruguay. Uh, the South Americans didn't seem to believe they could win. I think as soon as Edison Cavani was uh, confirmed absent, they didn't seem to ever, ever get over the psychological blow of that. Um, I was disappointed with them because it felt like a shame. It didn't seem like fans were particularly impressive. The Varane header for, from Griezmann's cross um, got them ahead, but then they didn't really push on. Um, Got him missed Uruguay's only real chance, missing a follow-up from a lorry save, blasting it over the bar. Griezmann hit a pretty routine shot at Ulzrua. I can't say his name. Um, which did dip a little bit. I think the, the, uh, the commentators were a little bit harsh on him. It does dip a little bit at the last moment, but he basically carriest it into his own net. Um, and then for me, Mbappe put a real damper on his tournament, rolling around like an absolute fanny on the floor. It was after Rodriguez gave him, to me, what looked like a little friendly belly tap uh, more than anything. Mbappe goes over like his ex- appendix uh, exploded. Um, how did we see this one, boys? A pretty... Uh, it was a tough watch for me. I thought, Kieran, we'll start with you. Yeah, it was. It, it wasn't a wasn't a great game. I mean, you kind of knew how Uruguay were going to set up going into it, especially, you know, not having Cavani, um, having Cavani and Suarez. They really kind of defend from the front there as well, and Stuani um, playing in in Spain now. You know, he's he's not in the same stratosphere as Cavani as a player in in any kind of aspect. So, yeah, I think. It was a game of very, very few chances, as you as you said earlier on. Um, Godin's chance, you know, you expect him to to score that, you know, over fifty percent of the time for sure, and that was a hugely pivotal miss for him. It's one of those ones where it's the type of thing where you see it in real time. You say things like, you know, oh, my nan could have scored that, and my nan could have scored that, despite the fact that she's been dead for two years. <laughs> like she, I mean, God rest her wicked soul genuinely would have would have given her half a chance of finishing that. Um, a stag- a staggering yeah, miss. I, I thought on, on first look that, you know, it, w- it was a bad miss, but I thought then, you know, look, he's a, he's a centre-back. It wasn't as bad as, as I expected, but but really anybody should be scoring uh, from there. And Godin's actually got a decent goal-scoring record as well, yeah. so it was, it was awful. Well, he's one of those South American defenders with good feet who you just expect to score. Uh, Brett, how, what did you make of this game? Um, pretty much what you were expecting? Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I think uh, once we got the news that Cavani was was missing, um, I think we we knew it was going to, I guess, put a, a little bit of a dampener on the, on the game, and and that's the way it turned out. It wasn't really a, a great spectacle to watch. Um, yeah, obviously France comfortably through to the semi-finals, but uh, didn't really impress me. So um, yeah. 
I'd like to see more uh, attacking flair for them uh, against Belgium up next. France doing what they always seem to do, their typical formula for this tournament, from their very first game against the Socceroos, score one goal and then get a very jammy second goal. Um, yeah, it's staggering that they've managed to make the semi-finals without looking at all convincing at any stage and very well might win the whole thing, just not looking convincing. They are the current favourites. $3, is that? Yeah, $3 yeah. to win. I mean, I actually do fancy them as well. From here. I know they haven't been, been wonderful. Obviously, going forward against Argentina, they were incredible, especially Mbappe, but Argentina defensively, you know, being an absolute shambles as well. Um, they, they, didn't, they did what they had to do, I suppose, against Uruguay was probably the story. They've got that kind of vibe for me of like a... Um, a sort of mid-aught Man United team where they didn't have the most inspirational playing style for a small period there, but they just constantly ground out results, one nils, two ones. They look like that. They look like they believe that they can win, which is annoying because they're actually a team of preening prima donna fortnight playing bellends from what I can tell. <laughs> I, 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 just, I, I hope Belgium destroyed them purely from a... Yeah. From a, from a sort of um, personal point of view, but um, I can't see them getting on uh, getting it done. Anyway, we'll move quickly on to Belgium's victory against Brazil. I feel like this game could have gone very differently if uh, Thiago Silva hadn't missed an absolute... Worse, I would say, than the Godin miss, would you say? The uh, flies into the box, but front post, um, tries to open his foot to sort of side foot it in, as opposed to just flop a knee at it. All he had to do was get some part of his body on it, somehow managed to just scoop it up into the air. Um, terrible miss and then uh, Belgium's amazing run of luck continues and the amazing run of own goals at this tournament as well company nicking a corner, uh, nicking a header at the near post and then it deflected sort of decisively off Fernandinho uh, and then then in fairness uh, just a brilliant counter-attacking goal a defensive header from a Brazil corner uh, fell to Romelu Lukaku he turned and drove through the midfield before dishing it off to KDB who unleashes what I think we can only call a textbook thunder bastard um, <laughs> into the bottom corner uh, Neymar was completely anonymous in the first half, but Brazil did come back into it in the second half and, and put a lot of pressure on. They pulled one back via the head of the Chinese Super League's Renato Augusto, um, who I think when he scored, I think everyone was like, who is this man? Um, and then Augusto, I think, had their uh, their best chance as well to, to level it, uh, missing from 12 yards out. Uh, this game had very different write-ups in different outlets. The US media said that Brazil were unlucky and that, you know, Belgium played anti-football, parked the bus, which I think is just crap. Um, and then in and then in the European media, seeing it rather more as a, a routine victory for the Belgians, um, which I have to say, I'm uh, it, the the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. I thought Belgium deserved to win. How did you see this one, guys? Yeah, for me, I think Brazil would win that game ninety ninety five percent of the uh, time. So the US if, if that media. was played over. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously the. the important kind of goal was was the OG was the you know that set up kind of the, the rhythm for the rest of the game but Brazil they should have had a penalty they had numerous opportunities what Pro did you make of the penalty call because that split people I think how did you see it yeah I, I just thought that you know that goes for decision 90% of the time and, and I'm expecting that that's that's mm. given I, I just thought it was very curious that that wasn't that wasn't given yeah oh very curious. How did you see this one, Brett? Yeah, it's. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, Belgium got their tactics absolutely correct. Um, and I think, uh, like you just mentioned, the, the early own goal um, obviously gave the momentum to to Belgium, and then uh, finding themselves two 0 up after 
20 uh, odd minutes uh, changed the whole complex of the game. Um, Brazil did well to to get back into it, but um, overall, I think uh, Belgium deserved to go through. And that sets up a semi-final against France in what will be a deeply conflicting day for Walloons everywhere. Um, so our thoughts with the Walloons. Um, but how do we see this one going, uh, gentlemen? France two dollars forty-five, Belgium three ten. The draw three twenty-five. France to qualify one seventy-five, Belgium two ten. Either team to go through on pens. Uh, $5, quite like that one. Or do Deschamps, um, do Deschamps men just have enough to get through here? Or do we see Martinez pulling another rabbit out of his hat or another own goal out of his arse? Um, how do we see this one game? We'll start with you, Brett. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough one to call. Um, I think uh, both teams are so evenly matched uh, all over the pitch. Um, every time someone asks me uh, who I think is going to win this one, I... I'll give a different answer, so I'm not really not really sure myself. Uh, Always good to cover all bases, Brett. Sit on yeah. the fence. <laughs> so I'll sit on the fence, but in saying that, I think uh, I think a draw is is quite likely, and I think I could I could see it going all the way to pens. Um, to, to be honest, I'm uh, I'm only guessing, but uh, I'll go Belgium. Okay, Belgium to win on pens. To win on pens, yes. Yeah, okay. That's the either team to win on pens is $5. Belgium to win on pens, I think, $9. Sounds about right, yeah. Uh, Okay. Um, And how do you see this one, Kieran? Yeah, I, I definitely see goals. That's that's the first point yeah. here. I, I think defensively, you know, one of the angles I've been playing a few times in this, this World Cup is France to win, both teams to score. Um, Belgium worry me defensively, as do as do France, obviously. But Belgium missing, um, missing Munier now, at right back seems to be a big problem for them because they don't really have anybody else who can who can cover there. Alderweireld has played occasionally at right back for Spurs, so he could do that. But it looks like they're going to have to play Vertonghen at left back again because Carrasco is completely out of his depth. And if they played him there against Mbappe, you can forget about them <laughs> winning that game. It's not going to happen. So... I think defensively that is a big issue. If you're playing, you know, the two Spurs boys in full back positions and then potentially Boyata alongside company, there's there's problems. They they've talked also of potentially moving um Dembele or to play Dembele in midfield and move Chadley back to right back. So it just seems a bit kind of mishmash in terms of who they're gonna play. And mm. I think France going forward could really punish them. Yeah, I think that's I think that's definitely fair. I think Probably the key for France here is going to be stopping the ball getting to Mbappe in the first place. Uh, sorry, for Belgium. Um, so you'd have to imagine maybe they try and reinforce that midfield or just go so attacking, so insanely attacking that the ball never gets to the other end of the field. Um, I don't think that's likely. I think France will make opportunities. I, I, I like the both teams to score market. The Russia versus Croatia game. Um, I really enjoyed this game, surprisingly. Um, Russia were charging around the field like a team of, uh, well, you could only describe it as looking like a team of Ben Johnsons uh, for about 120 minutes. But they were just edged by Modric and Co on pens. It's a bit of a weird time for the Croatian team. They're embroiled in a corruption imbroglio. Um back home and Modric their sort of star player is intimately uh, involved in that and yet here they are in the semi-finals um, they themselves have had a pretty easy run after the group and they've only really scraped through uh, both their matches uh, of the knockout stages against Russia and Denmark on penalties um, it's finally time for that Russia story to come to an end I think you know there was there was just enough goodwill towards Russia from a sort of 
let's embrace the team and the people as opposed to the politics of the country perspective to sort of see them through to the quarterfinals in a way that didn't become too, what, destructive to the idea of the whole tournament and, and leave a sour taste in the mouth. Um, I think it was probably probably best for the tournament as a whole that they bowed out there. Um Although I, when it went to penalties, I was a hundred percent sure they wouldn't. Um, how did you see this one going, boys? I'll start with you, Kieran. Well, I only actually watched highlights of this one. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't get myself up for the for the four a.m. Um, you know, four four games uh, overnight in two days is a, is a tough ask. So, yeah. yeah, certainly from what I've seen, Croatia, you know, probably all in all had had the better chances, but they haven't really impressed me. I have to say, you know, apart from that, Argentina performance where you know they won 3-0 um but they weren't really value for that 3-0 from, from being fair they yeah th- I think they've got an issue in centre midfield and I think that they could have it again against England unless they play Brozovic um I think Modric and and Rakitic playing together in that in that double pivot isn't going to work against England either so I think they're going to need to kind of shore up that defensive midfield with a tackler and let Modric do what he does best and play Rakitic alongside Brozovic. You think they've got a, a touch of the Gerard and Lampards about them as a midfield, maybe? Yeah, they, they, they could have. I think they need somebody else alongside uh, you know, your Michael Carrick <laughs> yeah. stuck in there, potentially. <laughs> Poor Michael Carrick. How do you see this one? How did you see this one, Brett? Did you did you manage to wake up and watch it, or did you watch Yeah, the... I did. Oh, very good. No, I, I did, actually. actually. Well, yeah, we prefer that kind it. of commitment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, No, I watched it in full. It was actually, um, yeah, obviously... A uh, entertaining game, enjoyable to watch. Um, but I agree with uh, that um, Croatia were the better team and, and should have uh, finished the Russians off uh, within 90 minutes. But uh, that didn't happen. Um, they got the job done in the end and haven't really been overly impressive uh, except against the game against Argentina, like you said. But um, neither in my opinion, have any of the teams that find themselves in the semifinals. <laughs> no, not uh, really, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's funny that I say that, but um, no, I look at all four teams and none have, have really impressed. But I guess that's a sign of a good team is when you're winning football matches when you're not playing particularly well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who, who stands up now. And well, we'll get to the team that's going to stand up because uh, now we're on to England versus Sweden. Um, this just felt like a really routine win in many ways. Uh, Maguire header from a corner, Ali springing free at the back post at the start of the second half. Never really felt like Sweden were going to get into it. But then Jordan Pickford was probably England's best player with uh, three pretty pretty much world-class saves. Um, you have to worry that if they kind of give those kind of opportunities to Croatia, Mandzukic isn't going to miss those kind of chances, is he? Um what do we make of this one, boys? Were England good value for their win? Were Sweden pretty um, confusing? They seemed to sort of shed their strategy that they'd employed in the tournament so far, which was to work as a very tight four-four-two and move up and down the field in in within about sort of thirty yards of space as one big unit. That seemed to disappear very quickly here, and they were very quickly stretched and couldn't handle it at all. Um, they just fell apart in many ways. How did you see this one, Kieran? Yeah, I thought England were were well valued for, for the win. Obviously, there were, were a few saves thrown in there, kind, kind of half chances more really mm. than anything. I mean, they were good saves by Pickford, but England, yeah, looked in control, and it was it was pretty much kind of textbook to what you would expect. Yes, yeah, Sweden's um, Sweden's strategy, which served them brilliantly well, kind of so far, 
it didn't really match up to kind of England's formation too well. And um, yeah, I think England uh, kind of cruised through really for me. Yeah, absolutely. And it was very nice to see at the end of the game, Gareth Southgate losing his mind in front of the England fans. Um, he, uh, he for me, has been the breakout manager of this tournament. There's always a, a breakout player, but uh, and occasionally a breakout manager. I think Conti, very much the breakout manager of the Euros. Um Gareth Southgate for me, the way he's comported himself, um, you know, the the taste in natty waistcoats, his <laughs> his his all of his interviews have just been excellent. He just seems like a very nice bloke. Whether he's a very good football manager, I don't really know. I think he's chosen a great system for international football. This is a team now that's focused on um, you know, very good set pieces, smart set pieces and and working a system that they know is going to be effective in international football. International football, as we've seen this tournament, is not the pinnacle of football. Premier League football, La Liga football, Champions League football is is of higher quality, inarguably. Um, so creating a system that works within international football, not the worst idea, even if it isn't maybe at times the prettiest. Um, how did you see this one, Brett? Are you, um, are you happy to see England through to the semi-finals? <laughs> Yeah, of course, of course I am. Uh, because that uh, means that they'll go five, out. ten years playing there, so don't don't mind seeing them uh, progress uh, to the semi-finals. Um, I think they deserve to win there, to be there. Um, no, let's go with win there. Let's let's say. <laughs> <laughs> I think they deserve to be there. Um, no, I think they're pretty comfortable um, against Sweden and. Um, Sweden were a team that everyone was underestimating. I think they're a better team than, than what people expect. And uh, England did it quite comfortably. I think from set pieces, they're, they're very, very dangerous. I think I think it's eight out of their 11 goals have come from set pieces. So I think that's going to be where they could possibly win the match against Croatia. And you'd have to think that part of the... Part of the fact that they are good from set pieces is due to the fact that they've got basically two wing backs who can actually put a ball in. Kieran Trippier, for me, has been their best player all tournament. More often than not, he's the outlet ball from the back three as well. It's not a case of the ball being dropped into Jordan Henderson or uh, or any of our other midfield. It's it's more often not that it's coming out via via that channel through um, uh, through Trippier or or Ashley Young, in fact, on the other side, he's been he obviously delivered the corner for the Maguire cross, but Kieran Tri- Kieran Trippier was up and down that wing, putting in balls all day long, and and he's just been exceptional going forward, but actually really solid in defence as well. And for me, certainly the standout player for England for the tournament. Um, whether that's going to be as effective against Croatia in the uh, semi-final, we're yet to see. England two dollars thirty, Croatia three fifty, the draw three ten, England to qualify one sixty five. That's terrifying. Uh, Croatia two twenty five. Uh, either team to win on pens five dollars fifty. Um, having got enough to get past Croatia, Kieran, you before the podcast said to me that you thought England were a little bit short here. Um, is that just through the weight of money on England already? Yeah, I, I think they. I think it's it's pretty short against Croatia. Although to be honest with you, looking at the game as well, I still kind of fancy England here. There there is a little bit of kind of weight of money over here, but it's not the same as as back in back in the UK. Um, you know, the the money would pretty much dictate everything there, and you would have bookmakers running up you know millions of dollars of liability if England are to win the World Cup. Certainly, when you look at the price they were pre tournament. Um, 
It's a it's a really tricky one to call. I mean, if I'm looking at a game like this, I'm probably looking at the England centre backs again from corners. If I'm looking looking for like a betting angle, um, so I think around twenty five to one or twenty six dollars on uh, on Maguire and Stones to to score first is probably that kind of angle that I would be looking oh, at there. Absolutely. Um, you know, I hate sitting on the fence and going with the draw, but certainly this kind of game could go to another penalty shootout. So. Um, I think Croatia's goalkeeper, he's a he's a doubt as well for, for this match and he's made for penalties and he, he's been great so far. You know, so a, a, I think a, that's an important consideration a, here as well. A save rate of around 60% coming into the tournament for Amazing. a penalty. It's yeah. just unbelievable. Um, Brett, would you like to see football take one step closer to coming home? Yeah, I would actually. I'd love to see uh, England progress to the final. Um I don't want football to come completely home, <laughs> uh, but uh, let's let's let them take uh, one step closer. And um, I think I think they've got the ability within the squad to do that. I think they're like I mentioned before, very dangerous from set pieces, and that's where I believe the the game will be won. Um, so I'll think they'll they'll win it in normal time. I'm going to go one nil England. Okay, it's almost like a Schadenfreude paradox, isn't it? Like. You, you hate seeing England progress, but the further the pro- they progress, the better the payoff is, the better the Schadenfreude feels when they finally fail. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'd love to see them as well get through just so they can lose in penalties in the final. That'd be <laughs> but thankfully, I'm in Australia as well, not back in Ireland, because it would be unbearable for the next 50 years if they do actually go on and win the whole thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, Lord knows if we win the whole thing, I'm going to be completely unbearable on this final <laughs> podcast. I already warned I warned everybody. Uh, the second we beat Sweden, I jumped on our sort of work Slack chat and yeah. told anyone. I won't, I, won't, I won't be available <laughs> for the final podcast. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. I told everyone on our Slack channel that if they've got any annual leave off to take it off immediately because I was going to be absolutely unbearable this week. Um, I've already made, I think, about 14 Football's Coming Home videos, which will be debuting on the Sportsbet social media channels very shortly. Um, <clears throat> An oddly moving one, actually, as well, which is which I've it wasn't meant to be moving, but it's come out quite movingly in the uh, in the final edit. Anyway, um, we'll uh, we'll leave that there, right, gentlemen? We'll um, we'll have one more quick chat about who's going to win the actual full thing. I think France at three dollars um, might get this done in, in, in what will be surely an uninspiring um, victory in the final, and maybe and maybe the anti-football choice. Um, the worst thing for football might be that France win, but I feel with Kylian Mbappe and uh, and then midfield, you kind of think that the, maybe they've just got enough to get it done against anybody. Um, who do you like, guys? We'll start with you, Brett. Who do you see finally with your with your Brazil with your Brazil best gone? Yeah. Who do you like now? With uh, with the Brazil gone, I mean. Uh... I think I think uh, I agree with you. I think France might might have enough to get the job done, but uh, I would like to see Belgium. So for that reason, I'm going to choose Belgium. Yeah, Belgium, dark horses no more. Um, what what are, what's the what is it what is it, what's the opposite of a dark horse? Just like a a, a normal horse. There's yeah, no pr- there's, probably a bright one. Isn't yeah, it? just a bright horse. <laughs> but there's no one says who are your bright horses of this tournament. <laughs> you can be the first trendsetter. Yeah. <laughs> so then, Kieran, who are, who are your bright horses of this final four? Oh, I, I hate going with the, the the five again here in France, but um, yeah, I, I see France coming through Belgium in a, in a high scoring game, and 
probably yeah nicking it in the final big Ali Giroud scoring a header against Pickford uh, 1-0 France in the final oh I see you do see England I do see England getting to the final and, and hopefully losing one thing I will tell you is if England get to the final they will win 100% versus whoever they get through against um, <laughs> They've uh, this team. This team have just got too much history. It's already, it's already beyond the realms of um, of joy in England. There are you know people dancing in the streets um, still. Um, if we got to the final, God knows what would happen. If we won it, Jesus. smashing up IKEAs like they were after the Sweden game. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a great. I saw a great <laughs> report which was like. Um, 200 fans, England fans, storm Ikea and do £11 worth of damage, which I thought was uh, sort of quite charming in a way. Anyway, gentlemen, we'll wrap this up here. Um, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, football is coming home, so just get used to it, all right? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, and remember, everyone, if you're going to have a punt, please do it responsibly. Always bet within your means, set limits and stick to them. Thank you very much. We'll see you later this week to review... Uh, England's win against Croatia and the potential final against France. Cheers, Lolly. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. I'm just going to say England's shocking loss in the semi-final to a appalling VAR decision. <laughs> just to cover my bases. <laughs> I'll edit that one in because I can't tempt fate. Quality. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Nice one. See you later, Brett. All right. Thanks, Alice. See you.